G'day there, Thriver. Jess here. Welcome back to the show, or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is episode 245, and today is an interview with the lovely Sigria, and she is a terrarium artist and workshop teacher. And in today's episode, we talk about her business journey and, of course, how she has pivoted during coronavirus, COVID-19 this year, taking her workshops online and various other things that she's done to keep her business going strong throughout the challenges of 2020. But before we dive into this episode, I just want to give you a heads up. I will tell you a little bit more later in the episode, but I'm running a series of three free Etsy workshops in early November as part of the Etsy U program, which is a program that Etsy has been running. Uh, They've been getting successful Etsy sellers and community members together training us in lots of different topics and then we are sharing that knowledge on with our communities so there's a lot of Etsy team leaders a lot of uh, long-term sellers that are involved in this and I'm one of them if you're not aware I've had my own Etsy shop a real since 2008 so I've been there for a while (laughs) and uh, I'm going to be running three workshops on the topics of photography branding and social media in early November and I made the choice to make these free workshops so if you would like to participate you can register and find out more over at createandthrive.com forward slash etsyu that's e-t-s-y-u and uh, yeah I'll send you all the details and get you signed up make sure you don't miss these workshops I'm really excited to bring these to you and I'll tell you more as the month goes on but you can get info by heading over there and um, just popping your email in and getting on that list and that way I'll let you know via email when the workshops are happening and I'll also be able to send you copies of the uh, slides and all that sort of stuff so you get all the information to your inbox do you want to grow a thriving profitable handmade business my name is Jess Van Den and I'm here to help you do just that I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. I'm here with Sigriette Ferrer. Welcome to the show, Sig. Yes, I'm so excited to be here on your show today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm happy to talk to you. I love what you do and uh, I'm excited to talk to you about your business journey too because you've been in business for quite a long time now and you've sort of got some different elements to your business and you've pivoted a little bit with COVID and all that sort of stuff. So we're going to talk about all of that. But before we do, could you give us a little bit of background into what your business is and how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Sigriette Pereira. Um my my business is Prismatic Gardens, and um, what it is, it's um, I make handcrafted uh, terrariums, and I started, I want to say, yeah, roughly, roughly about seven and a half years ago, almost eight years ago, uh, I started my business um, based on a passion for houseplants. At the time... I I was living in Western New York, which is basically just to give everybody a little bit of background. It's kind of cold most of the time. Basically, um, we have really really long winters, so I spent a lot of time indoors, and I kind of just shifted or gravitated towards plants, and I I took up raising houseplants as a hobby, really. Mm -hmm. And then that hobby grew into a passion. 
And I, I built prismatic gardens as a result of that. Um, I started with my Etsy shop, um, which has since then grown exponentially. Um, now I'm on Amazon handmade. Um, I do shows now I do virtual workshops. Um, hoping to someday publish a book as well and um, do other fun, fun things as well. Um, but that's, that's a little bit of a brief <laughs> summary, <laughs> um, but feel free to let me know if you have any <laughs> questions. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of were on the houseplant uh, hipster wagon way before it became a really big thing perhaps. Or maybe it was yeah. a bigger thing in America before it hit here. Absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it seems to have kind of exploded in the last few years. Uh, yes. People really getting into it. Absolutely. I would say when I first started, um, there was definitely an interest, but it was just kind of building up. Mm -hmm. And a um, couple of years in, you could see it really, really growing. Um, you know, the the whole house plant, plant parenthood, yep. <laughs> like plant parent um, <laughs> niche kind of um, grew, has, has grown and continues to grow. And it has, so I would say within the past decade or so, yeah. it's definitely grown quite a lot. Well, that's a good thing for your business, obviously. You're really in a good industry, it's great for business, industry. and I, it just, as, as a person as well, so it's just somebody who, who loves plants, um, and loves um, taking care of and raising houseplants. Like that just makes me like personally excited. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> plants are life. They're amazing. Um, you know, e even, even right now in the midst of a pandemic, just caring for my plants makes it, you know, that much more better. Like they give me sanity. <laughs> yeah. Just amazing self-care to just, be able to care for these living things and watch them grow and and make really cool artwork with them. So yeah, and I'd absolutely. love to share that passion with others. I've got quite a lot of houseplants myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, lots, lots of them around me right now. Um, I even have a plant Instagram. So there you go. Ooh, I'll have to <laughs> out. I, I haven't updated that. it for a while, but yeah, it's there. Oh. And uh, I live in the country too, so I have a big garden outside. So we've got a herb garden and uh, we've got an orchard with, you know, some numerous uh, fruit trees and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's so nice to live in the country and be surrounded by all the greenery. <laughs> it is. It is definitely. So I, I, I totally get that. Um, so what sort of, what made you kind of go to towards terrariums per se? So... Basically, um, with terrariums, I, I, it was just more, it was more of, um, the artistic aspect and the, mm -hmm. the self-care aspect. So, you know, in general, I, I love plants and just caring for them, but I decided to take it a step further and just focus on terrarium making and sharing this, um, sharing this craft with others uh, because with terrarium making, it's just, it's just kind of neat. You can, you can just, you can make these miniature landscapes, like low mm -hmm. miniature gardens. Um, and it's, and you really have, you have so many options as far as what you can do. Um, you know, 
the classical idea of a terrarium, um, we generally think of moss terrariums, which are absolutely gorgeous and really, really neat. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the, the concept of terrariums has really grown or has really evolved. Um, so, so now we make terrariums with air plants, with succulents, um, you know, beyond ferns and mosses, um, mm-hmm. with flowers. So there really are a lot of different options as far as what you can create and make with terrariums. And I love the idea of combining all these natural accents together in a terrarium and miniature ecosystem. You can have plants, you can have mosses, but you can also have decorative accents like Mm. crystals and flowers and stones and fossils and really almost any miniature decorative piece that you'd like to add to personalize it. So what drew me into terrariums per se, as opposed to just selling houseplants is the artistic aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, it's a very sitting down and making a terrarium is a very Zen activity. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's something that I can sit down and just get in a state of flow. And this is just something I want to share with others because um, you know, when we talk about mindfulness and self-care and just being able to just get away from everyday life mm-hmm. for, you know, just a few minutes every day, like I think about creating art and to me making terrariums is art. It's a Zen activity. It's a mindful activity. Something that we're all needing even more than than ever before right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so I know that you you were doing in-person workshops, but you've actually done been doing some online workshops during COVID yes, times. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that. So I've been teaching a variety of different terrarium workshops for quite some time, um, almost a decade at this point. But Due to COVID, I've had to pivot a little bit, you know, as we all have, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and and make some changes. And I am now offering virtual workshops via Zoom, terrarium workshops um, for my clients. So it's it's just really exciting. (laughs) Like like anything, (laughs) it's always daunting initially. (laughs) Then once you do it, you're like, why haven't I done this sooner? Yeah, crazy. I mean, we've had Zoom for ages, you know, but this could have been done, but it took this pandemic for me to kind of give me that little push, mm. <laughs> that little, little shove and be like, okay, you can do this. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so it's, it's been wonderful so far. I mean, I'm really excited about this opportunity. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sad about not being able to t- teach the in-person workshops, but with the understanding that it's just temporary. Yeah. It's just for the time being, things will change. Um, but I, I absolutely love to work with clients one-on-one, um, virtually as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, I love what you said about Zoom. It's funny, uh, people like myself who've been running sort of online education for many, many years and using Zoom for years, it's like suddenly see this influx of everybody so- suddenly knows how to use it, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. It's, you know, because you're a course creator and you're constantly working with clients virtually, but it's just, it. It, it is a, it's a shift, but it's, 
not it a is. huge shift, but it's still like pretty impactful, but it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's, I think it's been a big shift in that it's sort of, it's forced people to get comfortable with virtual education and, and virtual contact. And I think mm-hmm. it's sort of something that a lot of people weren't aware of or comfortable with or resisting for a long time. So I think it's definitely going to create a long-term cultural shift, even as much as we'll all enjoy going back to in-person workshops and activities when we can. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's been interesting. Now, I want to just rewind a little bit. How did you go from, how exactly did you go from sort of having an obsession with houseplants to deciding to make a business out of it? Part of it is uh, my background. I've always been, you know, since a very young age, I've always considered myself to be a very uh, creative, independently thinking human being. My, my parents are business owners themselves. Um, I I remember at a really young age, (laughs) just um, my my first painting on a canvas when I was seven was this really poorly painted (laughs) unicorn (laughs) and rainbow, but I absolutely loved it. And I was just like, all my life, I've just been that person (laughs) Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, wants to you know, wants to make their own art and share it with the world and wants to be an entrepreneur um, and just doesn't kind of quite fit the mold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just that cookie, cookie cutter um, person, basically, um, as a creative, you know, I just kind of consider myself um, mm-hmm. a little bit different in that, in that sense. Um, so... I first started taking care of houseplants and I did quite well with taking care of houseplants. And then I well, just one day, I think this may have been, it may have been closer to the holidays. Um, I was thinking about, you know, creative gifting <laughs> mm-hmm. and I thought, well, you know, how neat would it be if I could make terrariums as gift, just make these, handcrafted gifts for all my friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, and I did, and I just started making them and, you know, my friends and family loved them. And there was something there, like mm. it, it was, it was just, it was beyond the act of just making them. And I, I mean, they, they really loved them, but I just, I found so much joy from the simple activity of, sitting down and deciding, well, what type of plants do I want to use? What type of decorative accents do I want to incorporate? What type of glass vessels will I be using? Um, And just making. And then at the end, just having this really gratifying experience of seeing the finished products and getting to share that joy uh, Mm -hmm. with others. So I think it was that moment, per se, that I really thought about taking it a step further and taking it beyond a hobby to an actual business per se. Mm-hmm. So did you decide to sell online first or did you start at market? Oh yes. Sorry. Yep. Absolutely. So I started initially with um, my Etsy shop. So mm-hmm. I just um, did e-commerce little by little. I started selling at local markets Um, I did those and then 
from there, I started teaching and this just opened up like a whole new world. Um, I was able to teach in class workshops, a variety of terrarium workshops. I was able to teach for um, local, local organizations, libraries, continuing ed centers, but also um, where I was situated in Rochester, New York, we had these really amazing crafty nonprofits that basically just had artists and artisans come in and teach a variety of different workshops. Um, right. So I, I really loved my time there. I loved having that opportunity and um, I have my confidence in teaching has grown incredibly. And now I'm like, I love this. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> did you find it challenging at first? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. When I first started, it was, it was, you know, it was just a little daunting. I was just like, well, you know, I never really considered myself a teacher. I was always a, mm. I was always a maker, an artist. Um, but it, teaching like, like most other skills, it, it's just something that you pick up with experience. You yeah. just do it and you learn from your mistakes and you get better. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's very rewarding. And it is very rewarding. So what do you, do you have like a favorite element of your business or do you love it all differently for different reasons? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the most fun part of having my business is the the creative or the innovative aspect basically mm-hmm. the the brainstorming like to me that's the most rewarding like coming up with new products and kind of researching and and trying to see you know what can i do differently what can i incorporate um into my business model um probably the most tedious <laughs> is just um maybe marketing or advertising um only because i don't come from that background but it's just something that obviously is really important <laughs> um yes data entry and like you know just seo and stuff like that um I'll do it. (laughs) I don't mind it. (laughs) But I would say that the most rewarding part of having the business is um, just innovating, just creating. And apart from that is being able to share this joy with others, like Mm. just turning people into plant people. (laughs) Like to me, that is just like the biggest reward. (laughs) Like we mentioned teaching, like just seeing really happy students come up to you or clients come up to you and tell you how they now have houseplants and they're really happy to see that, you know, their plants have grown new leaves, that they're doing quite well, that they're thriving <laughs> and that they started with one plant and now they have 50. <laughs> like, to me, that's just like, yay. Yeah, that's <laughs> My job so has been done. <laughs> super familiar. Um, <laughs> so when you, when you design a new, new terrarium or whatever do you do you kind of sit down and do it on paper first or do you surround yourself with the materials and kind of just go with with what you're feeling like what's your process there 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, generally, I, I start with a pen and paper just because I'm old school like that. Um, <laughs> even for my to-do list and everything, I just, I just, I, I love the action of just being able to write something down or sketch it out mm-hmm. on paper first. Um, so generally I do, I just start with a piece of paper uh, and a pencil and I just jot down ideas. I kind of do like a little bit of a, a brain dump essentially. Yeah. Or like a mind mapping, um, if you will. And then from there, I literally will just draw what comes to mind. And um, just, you know, dumping all your ideas on paper first mm-hmm. and then narrowing them down really helps with getting that, you know, that jumble in your head organized. <laughs> <laughs> um, and really helps me narrow down my ideas. Um, you know, something that I struggle with as an artist, and I'm, and I'm sure, um, you know, we all do at some point or other, is just overwhelmed with, with ideas, basically. Mm-hmm. Having too many ideas or wanting to do too many things. So the simple action of writing things down, um, sketching things out for a new product really, really helps deal with that. Yeah, I can relate to that. I always sketch everything and my sketchbook's full of designs I've never actually made, but just, you know, how about this? What about this? Oh, no, maybe not. And then you finally land on the one that, oh, yeah, I'm going to turn that into reality. Absolutely. And that's what's fantastic about that process. You're kind of drafting it out. Um, Some things may work and others may not, and, and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. just part of the process. Um, but, but getting it down there on paper really helps you see it or it kind of brings it in a new light. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm curious about, you said that both of your parents uh, are business owners. Did that help you, do you think? Did you kind of learn from them when you were younger and sort of knew what you were doing when it came to business or did you have to pick it all up like when you started your business? That's a really great question. Um, yes and No. So, so I want to say I'm gravitating to say that I had to pick it all up um, in a sense that uh, my parents, although they are business owners, their business is quite different from mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my dad is, I, I like to think of him as an artist or maker type because he's, he's mostly a carpenter. He makes furniture and mm-hmm. he'll sketch it out, design it. Um, you know, and actually bring it to life. Or if a client has a vision for like this certain type of bookshelf or table, you know, he's able to just envision it and, you know, do it from start to finish. But at the same time, um, it's a different business. Um, They have a different business model. Um, And it's just what I'm doing is very, very different. Um, since my, my focus has been teaching and selling e-commerce, doing e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, my parents are mostly still selling, you know, you know, in person, um, yeah. and, and, and different things and different designs. And my dad's more of an architect, if you will, then, you know, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it, but it's just, so I think 
I think it did help in the sense that because I saw them make a business for themselves, I knew it was possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe it gave me that little bit of um, motivation or inspiration that I needed to to basically take my idea from being an idea into um, bringing it into action and and Mm -hmm. making it an actual business as opposed to just a concept. So I think in that sense, it did help. But as far as, you know, all the, all the challenges that I've had, the trials and tribulations along the road, (laughs) um, I could have never foreseen them. Even though I grew up seeing them deal with challenges, there were their own, their own issues, their own challenges. so it's just, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of challenges, what, what's been some of the, or the biggest challenge that you faced in your business? Hey, do you sell on Etsy or want to sell on Etsy? If so, I have something really exciting coming up for you. I've got a three part workshop series happening in early November and it's a live workshop series and it's part of the Etsy U program. So Etsy this year has curated a bunch of Etsy sellers that they've invited to be part of the Etsy U program. They've provided me with a whole bunch of training modules and I am now passing that knowledge on to you as part of the Etsy U kind of instructor program so that's happening early november i'm going to be doing workshops on social media photography and branding three really important parts of the success on etsy puzzle and as i said these live workshops are completely free if you would like to take part register your interest today by heading over to createandthrive.com forward slash etsyu that's createandthrive.com forward slash etsyu and you can pop your email address in there to get notified more about these workshops exactly when they're happening exactly what's happening and how you can participate and be part of this live workshop series for free so head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash etsyu i'll tell you a little bit more about the program how i became part of it and exactly what i'm going to teach you throughout this live workshop series in early november i hope i'll see you there it's going to be awesome fun and we're going to learn a lot I would say being really perseverant despite difficult times has been a challenge. Um, (laughs) Just pushing through when you want to give up because, you know, in all honesty, there have been times just like less than a handful of times, but there have been times where I have just been like, I just want to step away from this. And it's, it's sad because I, I love, my business so much. I mean, this is my passion. This is my everything. This is my baby. Um, but you know, as you know, as a business owner and and most artists and business owners will relate, there are times where things get pretty damn tough. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, um, just having that perseverance to just kind of pull through, um, I will say that it's gotten better. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, initially in the beginning, when you're first starting a business and you run alongside challenges, um, you, you just don't know how to best handle them. You may, you may not know, or you may have less motivation, but I think because I've, you know, I built this business on such a foundation 
and you know it's been going for almost a decade now and it's you know my my passion has only grown so much mm-hmm. more for it that i'm willing to look past the challenges like it's all minor yeah in the most things, of things are all minor <laughs> um, <laughs> it's easy to get caught up in the you know the emotional stuff that comes up um but in terms of it you know just looking long term i'm like will I be stressing about this thing five days from now, five weeks from now, five years from now? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so in, in the scheme of things, it's, it's minor. So you really, um, you just need that perspective. And I think, um, you know, when you, when you have a business for such a long time, you just, you just grow that um, fa- mm-hmm. foundation or, or mindset that you know, you have that perspective that you know that you will overcome this as difficult as it is. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said there about the whole, will this matter in five days, weeks or years? That used to be, it used to be my favorite thing to say to myself when I was stressed. It's like, will this matter in five years time? Yes or no? (laughs) If the answer is no, just let it go, move on, do what you can to fix it and then keep going. Um, Yes. Yeah. And it's so true what you say about, you know, just persevering through those challenges, through those times where you feel burnt out or you feel like you might lose a bit of passion for a period of time or, Mm -hmm. you know, something, you know, you have to deal with some sort of stress or drama or crisis. And you're like, why am I doing this? But, you know, when you come through it all, you realize, well, because it's the best thing I could be doing and I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) so what does a kind of a a day or a week in your life look like how do you do you have other hobbies now outside of um, plant bothering as I call it Uh, or do you (laughs) like how much do you work do you have lots of downtime how does that all how does that all shake out yeah that's a great question it really varies from time to time I I was alongside having my business I was working um, prior to this I'm so a little bit more about my background. Um, I am trained as a, a librarian. So I was, my other passion is books, <laughs> but I really love plants. Um, right now I am just focusing on my business full time. So now I've been able to really involve myself completely and just immerse myself into my business, which has been nice. Um, but at the same time, there's just, there's so much to do. <laughs> so yeah, to-do lists and planning very carefully, like scheduling is key. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in addition to my business, I, I would want to say like one, one of my other biggest passions is, is books, is literature. I, I love reading um, nonfiction, fiction, whatever. I just, I love learning. Like one of my mottos um, for my business and in my personal life and in general um, is never stop learning. Mm. I think um, as an artist, as an entrepreneur, and just as a human being um, having that mindset that you're open and you're flexible to change into learning new things and to um, just growing. That's, that's just such an amazing an important thing. Um, 
it actually ties in to a quote that um, really inspires and motivates me. Mm-hmm. It's a W.B. Yeats quote. It's happiness is neither virtue nor pleasure, nor this thing nor that, but simply growth. And that that to me just encompasses like my motto, <laughs> just <laughs> as a person and just um, as a business owner. That's that's what we're doing. We're constantly growing. I mean, we can we can all relate to this right now. Um, you know, when we're in the middle of a health crisis, and we've we've all been impacted um, one way or another um, by this health situation. And I think it's just it serves as an important reminder that um, change is it's inevitable, but having that ability to be resilient and to just go with the flow and just be open to just kind of welcome that change or accept it and learn and grow from it. That to me is probably one of the most important life lessons that an individual can have. Absolutely. Change is the only constant. It's another old saying that I I always try to remember. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Because it just, it's like, it's so true. There's nothing ever stays the same and being open to that. And and I love what you said about always learning and always growing because, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying really like anything Mm -hmm. in nature. So it's a beautiful, beautiful quote and a beautiful mindset. Thank you. Um, So, Let's just dive back into business specifically for a minute mm-hmm. because I always ask everybody this question. And I, I think everybody's fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. But what was the most uh, effective marketing decision or marketing avenue that you've used to grow your business? I don't have a best per se. I would say mm-hmm. a combination of things. Um, so I have had um, a lot of success through growing my business and my branding via Pinterest and Instagram mostly Mm -hmm. uh, because of my brand and my products, those platforms just serve me the best. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also done a little bit of paid advertising too. um, And and that definitely brings in sales. But Mm -hmm. I, ironically, the most, um, the times that my business has really blown up, if you will, or I've, you know, I've gotten a huge influx of sales. It's always happened organically, but I mm-hmm. think it's because I've really leveraged growing my, my business on Pinterest and Instagram. So that's basically free marketing essentially. And, and, I, and I have done paid marketing on there as well, but mm-hmm. where I've noticed the most growth is other brands that have found me through mm-hmm. Pinterest and Instagram. Um, and that I've been featured mm-hmm. through the media as a result of them finding me on there. So yeah, I would say so a combination of things, but I would say that uh, the most growth has actually come in organically and it's been the result of free marketing or leveraging um, these social media platforms in a way um, where I'm, I'm not necessarily paying or paying a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I've been able to utilize them in a way that they bring me um, clientele, 
if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think that's actually a really important point because a lot of the time when we think about <clears throat> Instagram, Pinterest and things like that, mm-hmm. we sort of focus directly on our end customer seeing us on those platforms. But something mm-hmm. else to remember that you mentioned there is it's not only the end customer but it might also be a magazine editor or a blog, a blogger mm-hmm. or someone else who comes across your stuff and then features you because mm-hmm. they've come across you on those platforms, you know, somebody re uh, repinning your work or even or just resharing on their Instagram or, or, you know, again, seeing it and then buying it from you and then putting a photo on their, you know, platform. So those are all sort of follow-on effects from getting your stuff out there on those platforms and making yourself visible on those platforms. Yes, um, definitely. Which I think is really powerful. Uh, and, and Pinterest obviously is is huge and a lot of people do go there to buy and to, you know, organise events and stuff like that. So it's definitely a, a fantastic platform uh, to be on. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So do you find, um, do you find, because you have a couple of different e-commerce platforms, do you find that the customers on those platforms come from the same places or from different places? Clientele can vary a little bit based on the different um, e-commerce platforms. Uh, in, in general, it seems, you know, based on my analytics and what I've seen, is that they're, they're mostly being brought on by these other, these other platforms, these other forms of advertising. Um, but, you know, but sometimes it's just, it's organic and it's just related to search. This basically mm-hmm. a customer is looking for for example, for a Mother's Day gift and she or, or he is specifically on Etsy and happens upon my shop. Uh, so I, I made sure to have really good SEO so that I can mm-hmm. be seen. In addition to that, I do some paid ads as well. Or the customer is on Amazon. Um, same, although it's much harder on Amazon Handmade. Um, it can be to be seen um, mm-hmm. because, the, you know, it's just, it's such a huge e-commerce site. I mean, at the same time, it's it's wonderful to have that opportunity to be on there. Um, but, you know, the benefit, one of the many benefits to be on, on, on Etsy is that you, you still you still are able to stand out a little bit more Yeah. Um, at, as an artist. You, you have that flexibility. If you have amazing pictures, if you have really good description, really good SEO, you know, titles, tags, <laughs> description, <laughs> you know, the, the whole spiel – if you have all these things, you you can really do well. I mean, you don't even have to spend a ton on advertising, really. Mm. If you have already set yourself up this way and you're utilizing the best platforms to to spread the word about your business, the ones that work for you. So, for example... We were um we were also using Facebook at Twitter at one point, and I'm like, why am I using Twitter? <laughs> Twitter's great. Um, if you're a writer or you're a politician or you're, you know, doing a, a consultant or doing a slew of other things. Um, but just for me personally, um, in my business, it wasn't the best platform. And this is just something you discover. Mm. along the way when you when you know your clientele you know your customer base you know their demographics who they are specifically where they are what their passions are you know what kind of books they read you when you really (laughs) dig deep 
you figure that stuff out. Um, so over the years, we've been really able to narrow it down, like super hyper-focused. Now I know to mostly f- focus on Pinterest and, and Instagram, for example, and, you know, just kind of dipping my toes into TikTok or YouTube and other <laughs> things, but knowing that I want to focus on on these things and these are my bread and butter, essentially. Um, yeah. So that's probably like really, really one of the most valuable things to know um, as a business owner, like who's your customer base and what's yeah. your niche, basically. Yeah. Who are your customer? What, what are they using? You know, where are they hanging out? That's yes. very important yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure you're, you're speaking to them in the right place. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, uh, what's kind of been one of the most exciting things that's, that's happened uh, because of your business or in your business? So I would say one of the most exciting things that's happened so far in my business is I had the opportunity to teach a virtual air plant terrarium workshop to uh, the staff at Netflix. This oh, just cool. happened recently. <laughs> <laughs> this happened exactly, yep, it happened last month. And to me, that was just, they were such a fun crew. Um, I mean, they were great students. Um, this was, you know, it was, it was just like in a moment in my business where I'm like, wow, like, this is pretty amazing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to have this opportunity, which I, I feel incredibly blessed and grateful for, um, just gave me a little bit of a boost in confidence, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'm, you know, doubting myself or thinking, you know, can I really do this or second guessing mm-hmm. myself? And sometimes you just need to, you know, <laughs> give yourself a little bit of a mindset check. Um, like, yeah, I can definitely do this. We did this. <laughs> uh, class was amazing. It was, it was so much fun. I love that. And I, I think, you know, those little, cha- those challenges come along and sort of push you out of your comfort zone a little bit and you try it and then you realize you can do it and it gives, it sort of grows your confidence exactly. uh, ever more. Mm-hmm. And I also, I think it's really important for the listeners to realize that, you know, you've been in business for like about eight years and mm-hmm. uh, you still have those feelings, you know, of like, oh, you know, am I, can I do this? You know, those sort of self-doubts and things. And I do too. And it's just normal to have those feelings. But yeah, giving yourself a mindset check and going, hang on, is, is this true or is it just, you know, my brain telling me Absolutely. fairy stories or being scared about something new? And generally you're just telling yourself fairy stories. So you need to move on. And, and see, look at all, look at everything you've achieved so far. And, you know, it's kind of limitless what you can achieve in the future if you really decide to to do it. So that's great. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like, like you said it there, like, that is really important, um, especially for, you know, new artists, um, just getting started. It, you, you're always going to have that. It's just, it's a little voice in your head, but you don't want to believe your, you know, <laughs> every single thought you have. Um, that's right. You, you just... You'll, you'll always be doubting yourself, but you, you need to remind yourself that, you know, why you're doing what you're doing, what your why is, why you're passionate about mm-hmm. it, why you're motivated. Um, on that note, similar to that, it just brings up um, this um, 
this other sort of um, saying or a quote, essentially. Um, it. it reminds me of action proceeds motivation, um, which is also one of my mottos. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, when you're getting started in a business um, or creating a brand new project, um, sometimes it's hard to find that little bit of motivation to just move you forward because you think, well, it's, it's not perfect yet, or I need mm-hmm. to do one more thing, or oh, geez, I don't, you know, I really don't know about this. Should I be doing this? And, you know, just just doing it, just performing that action mm. will create that motivation, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, absolutely. You, you can't wait until the day that you're motivated. If you are, you know, if you're a painter, you don't just paint when you're motivated. If you're a writer, you don't just write when you're inspired. <laughs> you do it every day. <laughs> yep. So action yeah. precedes motivation. Yeah, that is so key, uh, that idea of not waiting for inspiration or motivation. You know, if, if, if you want to make a business out of your creativity, it's an absolute law of nature. Like you can't, ju- you can't be at the whim of emotional motivation like exactly that's not how you succeed day in and day out it's about showing up and doing the work and just Mm -hmm. doing the work like you know I've been running this podcast what five years six years something like that Mm -hmm. um I don't I don't wait till I'm motivated to sit down and and plan a podcast episode or record a video or you know like (laughs) it's just part it becomes a habit it becomes a part of your business routine Mm -hmm. um which you know at first is you have to push yourself to kind of get into the rhythm but mm-hmm. once it becomes a habit it's it just that you don't have to convince yourself to do it anymore mm-hmm. it's not about oh getting up I've got to motivate myself no you just it's like okay well it's Tuesday it's time to sit down <laughs> and do this job and you just um, do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think some of the best creativity comes out of that like you don't mm-hmm it's not like you have to wait for a bolt of inspiration from the sky to be creative and to, to create something and to uh, you know, this is the same with my jewelry. Like I, sometimes Mm -hmm. I do get hit by a bolt of inspiration, but most of the time I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and design some stuff now. And I just sit down with my sketchbook and I sort of flip back through what I've done in the past. And I look at my materials and sort of play around, start playing around with, with ideas and start sketching stuff. And then it just, it flows and it happens from that. So I think that's another really important lesson for, for everybody who wants to be successful long-term is that don't expect creativity to come from motivation. Sit down and make the time to be creative and it will happen. Absolutely. I love your jewellery, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what would be sort of, I know we've kind of been throwing out actually a lot of really good advice here, but what would be another piece of advice you'd, you'd you know, if you could sit down every every person listening mm-hmm. and every person in the world who is a maker, what's a really crucial piece of advice you'd give them about running a successful creative business? Yeah, so probably I would I would emphasize the importance of planning and scheduling the heck out of everything mm-hmm. um, and being really really organized. Um, and, and, and treating your business like a business, just being as professional as possible. Um, it's your business as it's your job. Um, but definitely 
I would say planning is very important. Um, goal making as well. Um, just just sitting down and I I mean I I do this on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. You know, for short short term goals, but for longer term goals, I'll sit down. You know once a year or twice a year and really sketch out my vision plan, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. Sketch out what are my three most important goals for the year, for example, um, on a larger scale. On a smaller scale, I'll sit down this month and and, and think, what do I need to get done this month so that by the end of the year, I'm where I want to be? the act of writing these things down and scheduling it um, really gives you that clarity that you need. I mean, if you, you can have all these ideas and goals in mind, in your mind, but unless you implement them, you're not going to get very far. Um, so one of the, the biggest, you know, the biggest game changers for me has really been um, – taking, you know, treating this as something that's, it's part of your business, planning and scheduling and, and um, goal making, essentially, and, and revisiting your goals. You know, sometimes you make certain goals, and they might not uh, flesh out very well. And and that's okay. Um, You can always reconfigure, you can always pivot, you can always change. But um, just having that sense of direction, and planning to meet those goals, and giving yourself dates, giving yourself deadlines Mm -hmm. and, and checking in with yourself. If you want to make progress in your business, you need to do this. I love that. You're like, uh, it's so funny. Like so much of what you said, there is the same stuff I do and teach to my students. Like I, I do a monthly planning day or I sit down and, and do exactly that. And then, you know, looking at sort of uh, goals in three, three goals for the year, stuff like that. It's, 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 uh, it's really funny. And I totally awesome. agree with you. <laughs> you know, you do, otherwise you just sort of muddle along and feel really mm-hmm. sort of, you feel really scattered and unclear about exactly what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So I would I say, I would goals. add to that, um, journaling helps. Mm. Um, it doesn't even have to be a daily activity. Like it's not just something that you can, just another thing to add to your to-do list. I mean, you can if you want to on a daily basis, uh, but journaling has helped me immensely um, just as an individual, but also as an entrepreneur um, with self-discovery, just mm. like really understanding myself and understanding um, what my vision is, um, what my why is, um, why I want to reach the goals I want to do. So I would, I would kind of add that into the planning, goal making, having to-do lists, all that stuff. <laughs> so speaking of making goals, do you ha- do you have sort of a clear vision of where you want your business to go in the future, you know, the next five or 10 years? Or do you sort of just sort of roll with it and see what happens? Or is it a combination? Yeah, so that's a great question. Yes, I, I, do, I do have a somewhat clear vision (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I I mean I can't predict per se exactly what I'll be doing you know but at least I could make make plans to achieve these goals um you know with an openness and a flexibility that understanding that you know 
we're going to try for these things and, and hopefully we'll get them accomplished and we're going to do all the hard work to, to implement them. So yeah. I, I've, I've started my own, um, my art principles business and I really would like to do um, business consulting for other Etsy or other artists. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd really like to have courses out, um, more courses out, specifically um, pertaining more so towards printables and passive income. Um, it's a business that's just kind of been a little bit under the, you know, <laughs> under the <laughs> wire. It's 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 still kind of forming. Um, but I, I do I do plan on publishing my book, having uh, courses out specific to um, my passive income business, mm-hmm. um, and um, helping other artists get started with their um, their printables business. So that's awesome. I know I've got a lot of students who are kind of experimenting with printables. There's a lot of people interested in that. So I'm sure you'll find lots of people who will really enjoy that (laughs) and find it very helpful (laughs) yeah I hope so (laughs) especially like not only visual artists but I've got a lot of people who are like um pattern designers and things like that so crochet patterns sewing patterns so that's a that's another thing that quite a few of my students are doing so yeah it's it's a whole nother whole nother world out there with the the printables and and pdfs and patterns and stuff like that absolutely That has been fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Sig. Oh, thank you so much, Jess. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Now, I just realized we didn't do the, where can we find you? So let's do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no worries. So I am, um, my business is on um, Etsy. You'll find Prismatic Gardens on Etsy, on Amazon Handmade, on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. And we have our own website too. Um, we hope to have our products on there eventually, but right now it's more of a blog and informational site. Um, if you're interested in Pres- Prismatic Gardens and wanted to get a little bit of a more uh, background on how we got started, um, what we do, and um, yeah, if you would like to reach out to us, you're welcome to on any of these platforms. I really love your perspective on business and on life. And I think a lot of people listening uh, will get a lot out of this episode. So thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, Jess. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, if you want to get access to those free workshops happening in early November, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash etsyu and uh, pop your email address in and I'll send you all the information. I'm really looking forward to that. They're live workshop as well. So you can actually have the opportunity to work with me and ask me questions in real time. So it's going to be super fun. Uh, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode uh, and or you would like to share the free workshops with your friends, that would be amazing. There is a post over on my um, Instagram, at Create and Thrive, if you're not already following me. Just look for the picture of me looking like a bit of a goofball holding up an Etsy U banner. <laughs> and uh, if you want to share that in your Instagram stories, you'll be able to tell your friends and they can 
follow all the links and sign up to get access to those workshops and participate in those workshops as well it's going to be super fun i'd love to get as many people as possible uh, attending live and uh, that's it thank you so much for listening i'll be back again next week with yet another episode of the show i appreciate you being here and trusting me to help you out with your business i'm jess van den and goodbye for now